he has said that there was a task that he used to have to do every two weeks that would take him two days, right? Two days every two weeks. It took him 10 minutes and now he never has to do it again. Warning, this podcast may include hard-hitting truths, shocking revelations and outrageous social secrets. You won't see your life in the same light after this. But if you're ready to face the reality of an always online world, keep listening. This week, we sat down with Sid Lawrence, who is the CEO of the Bot Platform, which is essentially a platform not which makes bots for people, but what helps people make bots for themselves and makes it really, really easy for them. Now, chatbots have been on the rise recently and lots of people want to get involved with them, lots of brands want to get involved, but no one really knows what to do with them. So we had one major question for Sid, and that was, who would want to chat to a bot? Yeah, admittedly, I've been having conversations with bots for longer than I care to imagine, uh, but we've definitely seen like a, a huge sort of explosion of bots in the past uh, 18 months, I'd suppose. So for somebody who knows nothing about bots, it was really, really interesting to dive down and get his thoughts on the capabilities, what they can and can't do, and also around this idea of AI and bots and new technologies being a silver bullet to marketers. So Fascinating, really. Uh, I hope you all agree as well. So in the meantime, as I always ask, if you are listening anywhere where it's possible to leave us a review, it's a massive help for us. We're climbing up those charts and we need your reviews, so please do. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast so far as well. Enjoy. Tell me this, who wants to talk to a chatbot? It's a great question. Yeah, I mean, so I hate the term chatbots. I hate the term chatbot because no one I say no one wants to chat with a bot. There's plenty of people in Asia that enjoy chatting with a machine. I don't believe I don't believe that here in the West we want to chat with a machine. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we want to use a machine to access information or to complete tasks, but you don't want to chat with a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but these things are very good at solving problems. And if you've got a problem to solve, these things are very good at helping you do that. So... Well, even from a non-bot perspective, I had a lot of people saying, I just want to speak to a human. I don't want to speak with a machine. Actually, I disagree. If you want to get money out of the bank, that's your problem. Your problem is I want to get my cash. How do you get your cash? Do you speak to a human or do you press buttons on an ATM? Ultimately, you press buttons on an ATM because that's the quickest way to get your money. Mm. And so that is your solution to your problem. Um, chatting with a machine isn't a solution. That's, you don't have a problem there. Um, but accessing information or whether it's customer service or whether it is kind of to perform a specific task, if that's the problem, these things are very good at solving that. Um, yeah. And we've got all these different names, I suppose, for, for bots, which I know that you're not a fan of either. So people are calling them AI bots and machine learning bots and, and all sorts. What, what are the uh, differences? But what, what would you say is the correct terminology when correct we speak about terminology. bots? terminology. Well, I hit my bots. I think bots, I think there's, a bot can do many things. I get that. But I think bots is the best way or maybe messaging bots because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's to do with messaging. Mm. But um, yeah, AI chatbots. I mean, I can go into a whole rant around AI. <laughs> um, I mean, artificial means fake. It's very easy to fake intelligence. Um, it's very hard to create what people are calling AI right now, which is this thing that's just going to revolutionize everything. It's just a, and it's just an algorithm, and we've had algorithms for years. We've had computers doing stuff for years. Mm. Um, I had a, I was on a panel a few weeks back in Canada with um, a guy from Salesforce Canada, and we were. The question was, what's the definition of AI? 
And now that is the thing where not many people can come to the same answer. Mm, mm. Um, he believes it's when a machine can replicate a human. Now, you could argue that on factories, we've had machines replicating humans for years. The, yeah. um, even back in the Industrial Revolution, we had machines replicating humans. Now, I would describe that as automation rather than AI. Mm. Um, and so there's just no... Only those that are doing AI um, seem to have any vague understanding of it. And most people doing AI don't call it AI. Um, it's, uh, it's one of these hype terms that you always have in tech. Do they see it as not being, a, uh, being around for a lot longer as has been common to make it out to be nowadays? So marketers and brands, it's always right. like, oh, AI, right. we need some more AI. And if we like get AI to solve this in. AI, then we can... Right, like, <laughs> like, can we just plug in this AI? You're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, machine, you're right. A machine can only do what it's told to do, right? Yeah. And it gets trained. And it's trained by humans. Like, whether it's the Mercedes car, the Mercedes self-driving car have announced that they will do whatever they can to save the driver's life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, that is a bias that has been fed in via humans. It's the same as the facial recognition technology that's racist. It's mm. the same as mm. Microsoft's Hay that became racist. It all depends on the data that you feed into it. Mm. And it's a human that ultimately feeds that data into it. They choose, here's the data set to give. Um, and so actually we prefer to call it um, optimized human assisted intelligence. Um, also because it's OHI as the acronym. <laughs> OHI, yeah. In a nutshell, what, what does that mean? What, optimized human yeah. assisted intelligence? So our, our bots, they you as a human, you can go in and you can train it and you can tell it what it should do. Mm -hmm. You tell it to respond to a another to a, a request a question or a request. You tell it to perform an action when someone does something. Mm -hmm. Like you train it. You you're commanding this machine to replicate what you want it to do, mm. and it can replicate that over and over again. But it is very much human assisted intelligence. Um and that's kind of that's the big thing you don't want. I don't believe you want, especially chatbots, especially with bots, right? You do not, as a brand, as a company, as a anyone with any um, self-respect almost, you do not want a machine to respond on your behalf unless you've told it how to respond, mm. right? You need to word it. You need to phrase it. You need to, it needs to be your tone of voice of your company. Yeah. You, wanna, you want to control it. You want to know how it was going to respond. And so... Yeah, the human trains it. Um, yeah. And what kind of things what kind do you of things? think that, yeah, bots can replicate? Sure. So um, we've got customers doing all kinds of things. So whether it is simply creating a new way for people to vote on things, mm. like pressing a few buttons and doing stuff, but ultimately, well, we'll go on to a few other things. Product selectors working really well, customer support, doing the FAQs. Mm. We've got bots internally. I've got... Um, We've got a bot called Libby that answers like, what's the Wi-Fi password? What's our holiday policy? Kind of all of that stuff. In fact, you guys, I think now have Libby as well or uh, are currently setting it up. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it will help answer some of your kind of company questions that you might not know the answer. Breathe the sigh of relief, I think, as soon as right. they've heard that. Sort of, Steph, where's the bread? Right. <laughs> what time does the, the shopping arrive? <laughs> right. Like, I hear that's a question that she gets asked all the time. And then the bot does what the magic eight ball does and says, ask again later. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it says, usually it's between 9.30 and 11.30 on a Monday and a Thursday or something. Like, it's that those those common things, which ultimately it would be, 
like you might have on a wiki, you might have in a knowledge base somewhere that actually it's really hard to find that information. And yeah. so the easiest thing for you at the moment is to ask a human because you know they have the answer there ready for you. It's kind of hashtag lazy web, right? Like I know I can find this elsewhere, I get it, but it's much easier for me to ask you. Mm. Now, if you can just ask a machine and so you don't have to ask the person, like it means you don't interrupt their day, it makes them more effective and efficient mm. and you get an instant response. So it makes you more effective and efficient. So people are using it for that. People are using it to be able to just communicate with their customers. So kind of whether it is on like a, an outbound messaging perspective mm. to re-engage and create this two-way comms. We've got sports teams using it for voting on man of the match, distributing news. We've got um, uh, Johnson Johnson using it to try and help you quit smoking. We've got uh, RuPaul's Drag mm. Race, the TV show. They've got the Dragopedia. You can ask the bot all questions around the different queens and different challenges. <laughs> Um, all kinds of things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's communications. And communications is passing data from A to B. And so, yeah. It's interesting that there's so many different areas that it can cover because I know we're guilty of it. And I think it's something that follows on from this big hype. And you're sort of Googling, you know, what's the deal with chatbots? What can they do? And the first thing that comes up is customer service. Mm. Uh, and mm. you picture it happening um, just like over Messenger, really simple stuff. Uh, you want to deal with a query. And instead of talking to someone in a call center, you're going to get landed talking to a bot. And for most, I think the reason why that hasn't kicked off as much as was expected is because when someone goes to speak to someone uh, at customer service, they're normally in a really bad mood. Yep. And they don't want to talk to, a, to a bot. So they want would to talk you... to a human because they know they, can, they will get some empathy from that human. Yeah. So do you think there's a place for it in customer service with that in mind? I do think there's a place in it. I just think you have to be very careful. Yeah. Um, so we do have customers using it for customer support. Um, whether it's Samsung in uh, South America, they're using it for, for customer support. Mm. But like it is, it's kind of, like you said, you have to be careful, mm. right? And actually, as long as, uh, I believe that if it's customer support, there always needs to be a human there, right? And actually the machine shouldn't respond to everything and it should be very specific on what it responds to. Yeah. So if you've already got, I'm chatting with a company at the moment, they have 45 people in their support team. Right, and they're responding to everything. Now, a lot of those questions are the same, and it's little things like, um, will you take my old product away? Like there's there's kind of, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but um, there, there, there's common questions that they still have to respond to, mm. but they're not, where is my product? Mm. Like my product is broken. Yeah. Like when it's that, you could do maybe some troubleshooting via a bot, but ultimately they the machine should take over some of the more mundane, boring tasks mm. and let the real important tasks still be done by, by a human. Yeah. Um, I mean, we ourselves, we have a customer support team and we have a bot to help with customer support, but it's very quickly can be escalated to a human. So can they tell when a certain query is like emotion-led and... You know, the machine person's or, angry or they're upset you can do, and then you can, yeah. pass it off to a human. Well, so you can you could do that. We don't, um, but you could. You could kind of do, um, you can do sentiment analysis. You can work out kind of how unhappy they are based on words they're using yeah. and hand it straight off to a human. But if it's from a customer support perspective, even if they're happy, sometimes you want to hand it over to a human as well. Yeah. And sentiment analysis is usually just based off words, and the, especially in the English language, like... Um, it's very hard to determine whether or not a phrase is positive or negative. So this is the, this is the fascinating thing for me because when I think, uh, 
you know, was, was, was so used to hearing, as Eve said, about bots being this um, antidote, this silver bullet to all customer service everywhere. But I think, okay, there, there have been the days where I say, right, I need to um, get a hire car on a Tuesday. Actually, I need it for Wednesday. Can I change this? Something's replied instantly saying, yep, go here, click this link. But those times where it's like, okay, it's a Wednesday, it's pissing down, I'm really, really annoyed. Um, I need to get into my flat, but I've lost my keys in here and, and done all this. And it just becomes all this sort of gobbledygook and then you're hit back with a sort of, I don't understand that language or I don't understand what you're saying here. And then yeah. I guess that's where the frustration lies in a way, which yeah. goes back to that question of who wants to... Chat with a bot. And, yeah. and so, so what you're saying almost is that we're, maybe we need to redefine the way we say customer service, look at customer service, look at that relationship. Between just customer redef- service we need bot. to redefine silver bullet. Like every time mm. a new technology comes out, it's going to change the world and it's yeah. a silver yeah. bullet. Like every time, like every time, suddenly we have this magical thing that is going to just replace everything we do. And it's never that way. Technology is there to, it's, it is there to solve a problem. It's there to be used. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's an augmentation of what we're doing, right? It's meant to help us. Um, and so that's where it can help with the standard questions mm. or even just like the highs. Like when you say high, getting a high back. Like there are times when these things are amazing and then there are times when these things aren't amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just don't use them when they're not going to be amazing. Mm. And so that's where you augment it and you have your, it's like a hybrid approach, if you like, for customer support, human and machine side by side. Well, human above machine, but Mm. like side by side, rather than let's fire all of our customer support people and just have this machine that is suddenly going to do everything for us. And um, that will never work. In my opinion, I don't think that will ever work. And then you've got the flip side of that, I suppose, which is the sort of marketing comms side as well. So we were chatting, I think I saw a stat somewhere, it was like email marketing is like 40 years old now. Mm. But how many people use email marketing? Now we're on bots and like you said, you've built, um, you've helped build bots and uh, given developers the platform to build a bot for, for places like the PPC and you mentioned the Rolling Stones and all these other, you know, massive brands. And... Um, where does the benefits lie then in that in that in that marketing kind of sphere? It's communications, right? Like it is, um, and marketers are, are, are often early adopters mm. because mm-hmm. actually it's very easy to pick something out and bin it a few months later. Mm. Like if it doesn't work, whereas kind of every other business aspect is it needs to get properly embedded, mm. and it takes a lot longer and it's a lot longer process. So marketers often pick up new things, and so it's. Marketers also love to communicate with people, right? Mm. Whether it is, we, we did it years back with fax, with telephone, with TV, with radio. Like all of these forms of communication have always ended up being the marketeer's dream to get their, their name out. Not the marketeer's name, but the company and brand's name in front of people because mm. that's what they're trying to achieve. And so if I can send you a message and I can send you a message today and I can send you a message saying something about my brand, then as a marketeer, I'm going to try and do that. And so marketers are, are very good at using bots at the moment. It is it is almost a glorified mailing list, so I think we have to be careful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. ultimately, if you, it's the same with everything. If you spam people, they're going to hate it. Yeah. You've got to add value, right? It can't just be, um, what is it? Someone here earlier said something like give, take, ask. Like there's a, I don't know if it's a common social chain thing or... Um, but like, it, there's got to be, um, yeah, you've got to add value 
um, rather than just spamming people with messages. You've um, got to have a right to be there, haven't you, in the yeah. first place? Yeah, and also it's that. It has to be opt-in. And it should be kind of, it is a conversation. Like, it's not just a broadcast one-way channel. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, a lot of marketers sort of fall into that trap, um, not just with bots, but with other... Everything. Uh, yeah, with other avenues as well. So what, <laughs> what advice, I guess, would you have for marketers who want to use bots and use them well? Plan it. Like, so many people don't plan it. Like we've got now, we, so we've been doing this for a while and we've got um, docs for everything. We've got planning worksheets. Like what's the purpose? Like what's the value that the user will get? Mm. And if you don't have any of these, like just don't bother. How are you going to get people to it in the first place? Because it is a new channel. Mm. So it's taken you however many years to build up your Facebook following, right? Like suddenly you've gone from 5 million likes on Facebook to zero people on Messenger. Mm. It's going to take you a while to get back to 5 million. And well, if you start spamming people, it's not, never going to get there. But like it's, it's, a, it's a new channel and it's people use messaging. And it's an interface that people know how to use. Yeah. Like make it engaging. Um, don't just... Yeah, you've got to give stuff to them. I don't know whether the ask, give, take. I'm trying to work out which way is the, the right way out of what someone said <laughs> earlier. But like you've got to, it's got to add value to that person, to the mm -hmm. person you're messaging. It can't just be, well, Facebook's policies, you can't send a overly promotional message. Yeah. Um, there are ways to re-engage them, but don't just have, have you, we've got a special offer this weekend. Uh, do you want to come and buy your product? Yeah. Like that's just... It's just going to be annoying. I think some people, some brands get tempted with it, though, don't they? They oh, hear 100%. something come along, it's like, oh, shiny new toy. Uh -huh. Let's push a message, push a message. And I guess it's looking back and, you know, thinking, are we actually helping them right. to do something? And otherwise, it's just going to end up being a shit show. Yeah. Like, it's just going to end up with loads of spam and no one's going to want them. No. And so we've kind of, since the beginning, we've forced all of our customers to, you have to provide a way for the end user to, first of all, subscribe and opt in and mm. secondly, opt out and unsubscribe. Mm. And with GDPR, thankfully, that's now a, like a legit requirement. Yeah. Um, and I think people do still forget that, especially marketers, because mm. they just want to get their name out. Um, it's why email marketing doesn't really work now, because we receive far too many emails from people. Yeah. And so messenger marketing um, may well end up that way. At the moment, it's still new. So we get like 90, 95% read rates. And really? Between, yeah, like it's super high. That is very high. Yeah, when you consider... Well, it's because you read every message you get sent, don't you? It's yeah. True, yeah. And I guess with emails, we're yeah. sort of switched off to it now. It's maybe a my window. My personal email, I don't even read. No, no me neither. mine. Hundreds and hundreds of unread emails but i suppose if you get a message on messenger or whatsapp you, or text until you, read you it. and yeah exactly that notification isn't going away until you until that becomes it, a thousand right yes. as soon as there's a thousand yes. and it's unmanageable then, well you're not going to but. do you do you not worry about that though that it would go the same way as email marketing because like like you said my inbox is full of emails from brands day in day out and i don't i literally select them all in a row now and just mass delete yeah. but because like, you know places like messenger like whatsapp you're not used to having all of that in there yet. So when one does pop up, it's like, oh, this is something new. I'll pay attention to it. I'll give it time mm. of day. But there's maybe only a brief window of time in which that uh, is going to be effective. It's interesting. So, yes, I do worry about that. And I think that um, if we are not careful, we being the whole ecosystem are not careful, it will end up like that. Yeah. Now... On the flip side, you said that email marketing was, what, 40 years old? 40 years old, yes. Right. Yeah. So it's taken 40 years and lots of people still use email marketing as yeah. their primary channel. Yeah, they do. 
And so have we got 40 years? I mean, that's quite a long time. Awesome. <laughs> Technology <laughs> changes pretty quickly. But I don't know, like there's, um, yeah, I think there's, there's things, I don't think people will subscribe to that many. Like we've started off in very much the entertainment space. Mm. So Paul McCartney, Ollie Murs, like there's, they're fans, right? And fans, people will opt in very mm. easily. When it's non-fan based stuff, people are more reticent, yeah. right? Mm. Like unless yeah. I know what you're going to send me, I'm not just going to opt into your brand. Yeah. But if you give me a reason to, then I'm more likely to. Or if I'm a fan of your brand, it's that whole thing of like brands have been wanting fans for years, right? Like yeah. I had, because um, we used to work a lot more in the music industry, one of my lines was um, uh, music uh, wanting customers, not fans, and brands are wanting fans, not customers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we so, have to so call true. them ambassadors instead. Ambassadors. So true, yeah. A much less sexy word. Right. <laughs> so the question now is, because uh, we, we've had a few guests on the podcast um, and people that we've spoken to in past interviews. And one of the major uh, topics at the moment is the time saved. Yeah. Heavy lifting, oh, taking so away good. the mundane tasks that we have to do every mm. single day yeah. that get in the way of the big things that we could be doing. Yeah. How does that time saving look to you? Like, how, Do you have any sort of idea of how much time these, these tasks can save? So I have one customer that it's my favorite quote. Um, from an internal perspective, he, I say quote, I can't quote him verbatim, but um, he has said that there was a task that he used to have to do every two weeks that would take him two days, right? Two days every two weeks. It took him 10 minutes and now he never has to do it again. Oh that is like, word. that is like That's all very valuable. Times. And I, I have that on a recording. I'm happy to share that with any prospects. <laughs> like that, like that itself from a customer, like it's not just if it would, if it took him ten minutes every two weeks, it would save ninety nine percent of his time. Now he has done it once; and he doesn't have to do it again. Oh my word! Like that there, that I mean, that is like a huge time saving, and that's one person. You could um, do with something that like is, that. Oh yeah, definitely. And so this is as we get. And so uh, we went from being we make awesome shit, where our mission was to make awesome shit, and our mission now is to empower you to solve problems. Like you've got problems that you want solved, that you can solve problems using the best automated communication tools we can create. Super catchy, but like if you you know your problem much better than I know your problem, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like if you can work out a way to solve it using a bot, then use our system, go for it. Like it should. It's not going to solve every problem. I was going right? to say, you're making quite a sales pitch and I'm not feeling myself getting sold and there has to be a problem that a bot can't solve. There's a, there are thousands of problems that a bot can't solve. Can I mean, a bot but pay how my long, rent? But how, yeah. long, how long before they don't solve those problems? How long before they, they can, can solve, those solve those problems, I should say, yeah. It depends on how many people have the same problem. Like, I think that's mm. the thing, right? Yeah, demand. Yeah, I mean, our, our roadmap is, it's not dictated by customers, mm. but it, like... Every customer has input because ultimately, if we don't build something they want, then they're not going to pay us. Yeah, mm. like that's the same mm. with most businesses, right? And yeah. so, we wait for a second customer to have the same issue, and if the second customer has the same issue, we try and fix it. And so, that's kind of where helping people get shit done um, and solving their problems. Yeah, one of the things that I'm interested in, though. So, we we and you've enlightened me in, in a lot of ways today so we talk a lot about bots Thanks. and the people being people behind them we don't we don't we don't think of them i suppose on the ground level these puppeteers that make the bots and and the people behind the actual technology but the will we get to a point where they're not 
pre-programmed. It is a case of, are we seeing that already, where I could be talking to a machine for the course of six months, and then after those six months, there's nobody behind that. That that mm. bot just knows exactly what I want, what I'm asking for, what I meant by this. It'll only know what, what you've doing. asked it in the last six months. So it'll only know what it's been told to know. Right. So if you then threw in a spanner and like you've you've been telling it that that your name is Eve, right? Yeah. And you've been saying that for six months, and then you ask it your name, it's gonna say it's Eve, right? Like it will only know what it knows. But say if you talk to it like naturally, maybe we're getting a bit sci-fi here, but love it. <laughs> it's this idea of always thought, learning, which is what all the major tech companies have been using whenever they bring out anything AI. Yeah. Like it's it's the always easy learning. Way, yeah. If it's, it's wrong, it's because it's always learning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the way I picture it is like you're talking to something or you're using something every single day, and the more you interact with it and the more you give it, it learns from it's you, learning, not yeah. the person that's programming it. So if I'm using it every time, surely it will learn enough from me, I think is what you mean. Yeah, to make in that, suggestions. In that six months, yeah, for it to be, yeah. I, oh, I don't need to be told anymore. I just can gather from what you're saying. But it, it, the problem is it learns from the past. What's been going on. It, like, yeah, it yeah. will never be able to learn from the future, right? So it learns from what's going to be going on. So yeah. it will suggest, so it's Monday at nine o'clock. In the last three Mondays at nine o'clock, you yeah. have opened up Spotify. You mm. might want to open up Spotify now. And actually, so this is where I think we have to be really careful in understanding this because it's the same as a human. We as humans are trained. Mm -hmm. We are trained mm -hmm. based off the data that we ingest through mm. our five senses. Mm -hmm. Some people say six. Our five senses that throughout our life. Mm. You are where you are today based off all of the data that has gone into you since you were born. Right. Yeah. Um, same with you. Mm -hmm. Same with me. Same with everyone. Yet, yeah. which makes us who we are. Now, a machine learns the same data. So, if we had, if I had a, a an assistant with me for six months, right? Who somehow my it was a human assistant, and that human assistant had zero other other knowledge, right? But over the six months, I asked it questions or I spoke with it, but mm -hmm. somehow it knew mm -hmm. worked out how to answer. Yeah they would only know that information that I had given them. Yeah. Yeah? And so they wouldn't be able to make any guesses outside of that information. Okay. So if you look at, there's a, um, there's a machine in the States that predicts um, chances of repeating criminality, repeating crime or whatever. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's taking the historic data. Now, laws change. And we all yeah. know that as humans, we're, we, we have... Um, as humans, we have been racist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Throughout history, mm -hmm. whether it's the, the English going in the Crusades and destroying people, right? Or like whether it's like all around the world, there have been things that aren't just. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if a machine can learn from all of the things that aren't just, it stays not just. Oh, that's mm. terrifying. We're getting to some iRobot stuff now. They're watching us. But it's true, us. right? Like, it, yeah. it, learns, it, it learns those yeah. biases yeah. from us. And like, I think that's what we need to remember and be careful of mm. because it learns the bias. If it looks at data, so this one with criminality, mm. like, in America, black people have been put into prison far more than white people mm. for crimes that either aren't really a crime or whatever. And because of that in the, the machine, black people are more likely to commit a crime again. Mm, mm, now, I think yeah. that is not... That's because it's learned from historic data. Yeah. That's awful because mm. you can't change the past. A bit of an oversight. But if they right. can't learn from the future, then what's the alternative? 
Let's not trust it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, because I'm conscious we're running out of time, sadly, always. Um, we get to this point now. What, what I'm trying to ask you is, is there a fear from your side, given what you've just said, of bots and bot technology falling into the wrong hands. And I say this with one eye on not just Cambridge Analytica, but the rise of fake news and Trump and this whole sort of political socio-landscape that we're in at the moment. Is there that worry? There's a worry with everything. (laughs) True, very true. So there's a great film called Real Genius from the 80s, right? Great film. Val Kilmer, uh, he is this, um, like, jock slash nerd um, creating a super powerful laser. Right, and why is he doing it? Because he wants to create a super powerful laser. <laughs> what he doesn't realise is that the NSA are sponsoring it, right? Mm. So he's creating this super powerful laser that bounces around the whole campus and does this amazing thing, and ultimately it's going a plane to then just zap someone, right? That's the point of that laser. And it's there are so many things in that film that are still running true today. Technology, anything, ends up in the bad hands, and it always mm. will. Like, mm. until we get rid of bad actors, mm. which is some form of utopia, mm. um, then we're always going to have that problem with anything. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that laser. I think he could have done with that in heat. I watched, <laughs> I watched it the other night. Just, uh, if you've not seen Real Genius, that, please watch it. Real Genius. Oh, on that recommendation, I'm afraid we're going to have to draw to a close, but yeah. that was fascinating. Thank, thank you so much, Sid. Yeah, really you. interesting to learn. All about bots. I'm, I'm, I am the light in myself. I'm going to go think... make a bot using the bot platform now. So. That's it, and me, and me. But that's it. It's, it's. Uh, I suppose the key takeaway from that is, you know, understand the technology in that sense mm, and understand what it can do, and AI not being a silver bullet that we're mm. very keen to make it out to be at the moment. We always want a silver bullet. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank Thanks. you, Sid. Thank Thanks. you very much. Enjoyed this episode? A like, a share or a quick review will enable us to bring you hard-hitting truths and outrageous social secrets every week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with Theo, Eve and music by Pierre Flass.